This is CyberPod EU, the European Cybersecurity Podcast powered by Sockwise. And when we talk about security, if we want to secure something, we need to see it all. We are now opening the Pandora box by connecting these OT networks to the IT networks. This episode was recorded on the occasion of a tech conference organized by NATO in Belgium called The Edge. This event provides an exhibition space for system vendors and providers, but more importantly, there are presentations and breakout sessions covering all aspects of information technology and opportunities working with the Stefan's organization. This year, cybersecurity was a bit dominating. My guest around NATO Edge is Roxana Magdo, who is working for Keysight, and we met at the conference as well. So I was very curious about her opinion about NATO Edge. So I invited her and she kindly accepted this invitation and she is with us today in Cyberpod EU. So hello, Roxana, how are you today? Hello, um, I'm very, very well and I'm very happy to be part of your uh, podcast. Thank you very much for your invitation. It's uh, it's very nice that you could could make it finally, and uh, yeah, I think uh, we've we've not known each other for so long, but I know your company pretty well, Keysight. It's a it's a pretty colorful company in terms of uh, portfolio. We, uh, I know pretty well the the packet it broker and and the tap business from Ixia perspectives but you are doing much more than that and could you tell about yourself some words some of the company free as you would like yes thank you very much um so keysight is a a, a very big international company uh we have more than 30000 customers around the world it is a spin-off of HP, and um, our division became uh, part of uh, Keysight through an acquisition. So uh, the group I'm representing is uh, coming from uh, the company previous named Ixia. Mm-hmm. And in addition to packet brokers and tabs, which are uh, our portfolio for visibility, we have also uh, a very strong portfolio uh, in test and in security testing. We do have um, a lot of experience in this area, and I dare to say we have the best tools for security testing and as well um I would de- again dare to say that we have the best tools for visibility in the industry. And yeah, I can talk a lot on that. So, but I think <laughs> maybe I'll take your next question. <laughs> yes, I, um, yeah, I, I learned uh, from you that, that you are also a technical person, which is very nice. Even sounds better from a lady, if you, if I may say that. So it, it is also very nice that we have a guest who is a, who is a woman, which is which is very nice, and I like it. Um, but but what are you doing for the company, and 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 who are you actually? <laughs> if you, yes, how, how would you consider yourself? Uh... Yeah, so um, I could dare to say I'm actually a part of the company itself because uh, I'm with um, Ixia from its 
very beginnings. Uh, mm -hmm. I have almost uh, 20 years with the company, 18 years oh. to be precise. And I have, uh, yeah, I have started uh, as a, a director in engineering and uh, mm -hmm. growing uh, all of the, the XIA products uh, from uh, our R&D office in Bucharest, which today has uh, 500 people mm -hmm. uh, working strictly on the development of our products. And Amazing. today I am uh, driving the business development for uh for Ixia division of Keysight all across Europe and Middle East and some other parts of the world. Wow, that's that's really amazing. We should go deeper in this topic, I guess. Uh, maybe not today, but uh, but at the point, definitely. And uh, I, I know that it sounds uh, not so complicated. Yes, visibility, some tabs, packet brokers, but in reality, it gets nowadays very challenging, very demanding because the bandwidths are are growing like hell. So, <laughs> to to put it simply, uh, but uh, let's talk a bit about uh, the connection to NATO. So, I'm afraid you cannot name all the technologies you are you are providing for NATO. But I presume that you have some of your technologies running within NATO. And is that the reason you were you were there at the conference or? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> was, yeah. So, um, you know, any conference that we go to, it's always a give and take. So um, we are part of this, you know, security and um, uh, telecommunication ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So every time we go somewhere, at least from my perspective, let's say, it's always a give and take. Um mm -hmm. We, we do have uh, a lot of uh, things to share and a lot of, I would say, uh, great products out there. But we are also learning every day uh, from our peers, uh, from our customers. So every uh, such event where we participate is very enriching, I think, on mm -hmm. both sides. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, it is. So how many events? Are you participating participating per per year? I mm. think <laughs> this is a very good question. So personally, um, I think in those periods when we have events, mm -hmm. I'm probably having at least one event a week that I'm attending. Mm. Sometimes Ooh. two events a week, then it's very difficult. Uh, but the good news, in a way, for me, it's that there are not events all across the year, right? So there are. Mm -hmm certain periods in the year where for for example um january very rarely there are events then you know february march april is slower may june True. there are more events so it, it it's not a you know <laughs> it's not taking all my time mm -hmm. um but as much as i can uh, when there are events and and with keysight as well we are trying to to be part of the most important events in Europe and around for this specific reason that I mentioned, that it truly is a great opportunity, you know, to meet with, with everyone mm -hmm. in the industry and contribute to the progress of everything that's going on in telecommunication these days. Thank you. Yes, it's it's challenging. This this autumn, I guess it's it was crazy for us at, at least, but it's the same every year. So spring and 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 autumn is full with conferences, but it's, these are very valuable. And so your 
what was your your expectation towards this conference and and how did it play out how did uh, it work out at the end yeah so the the expect our expectation was um to participate as at, at as as we did to to every um conferences where we attended and you know to have a chance on one hand to meet with existing customers so nato uh in the mm -hmm. first in the first place so we had a lot of teams that came over and and visited us mm -hmm. um on the other hand it was very very uh impressive for us to see the amount of people that visited Uh, and a very different uh, type of, uh, of companies and uh, countries where they came from. So mm -hmm. I would say uh, from an attendance perspective, I would definitely congratulate the, organize, the organizers of NATO Edge event because I think by far it was the best attended um, conference from my point of view, of course, and this is something mm -hmm. subjective, but... Um, you know, f from this fall. I fully agree. I fully, it was, I was astonished to see, yeah, the color, colorfulness of, of the, the, the uh, audience, definitely. And they were very much interested in the different technologies, partners, much more open than I am used to. Is that, do you share this experience? Yes, absolutely. Very open um very interested in technology also very technical people so i truly enjoyed um very deep technical conversations with most of the people that came or uh i have been you know receiving lots of questions from people that were you know not so technical but they truly wanted to know and understand more mm -hmm. so so truly we were very busy Uh, very busy, like we were three people at four people at the booth and we had very moments, very many moments when we would have wanted one or two more people to help us. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this is this is this is how it should be always. So uh, absolutely very, very good event. Yeah. Now it sounds like it's a sponsored podcast, but unfortunately it's not. <laughs> so I need to make some steps towards NCIA too. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I, I doubt that that their own is is there to be so positive around their own event. So, <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Let's turn to a bit to the technical perspectives. You are just mentioning everyone was interested. I guess you as well share that as I. So, did you find on the event or generally? So, what are the the, the top technological trends? Do you find if you can add the cybersecurity flag to it? So, yes, um, narrow it down this, a bit. This was, if you can. yeah, this, this was uh, obviously, I think you wanted to drive me in this direction with the answer <laughs> because this is truly what, what's on every everybody's lips these days, and it's cybersecurity. And uh, one of the things that, you know, uh, came into very many conversations is this new direction and trend uh, of um, uniting or, you know, bringing together IT and OT uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is a... Um, 
on one hand, it is a great business uh, opportunity for everyone to do this because it's enhancing, you know, faster access to the resources, uh, better ways of, you know, configuring and managing uh, at the distance the, the different elements from an OT network. Uh, but also uh, it is bringing a huge risk in terms of uh, cybersecurity because typically the operational uh, networks, the SCADA networks, uh, did not need to have a cybersecurity protection because in general they were completely isolated from the exterior world and they mm -hmm. were uh, working based on diodes, so one-way traffic. It was a very safe world. And, mm -hmm. and we are now opening the Pandora box by connecting these OT networks to the IT networks. And I would say the biggest, the biggest challenge that everyone has is that this is happening very fast and adding cybersecurity to all these networks, it's a, it's, it's a big effort, it's a big technological effort, and it's a big financial effort. Mm -hmm. So I think this topic was on everyone's lips. Uh, and it, it is, I think, something that we will all start to lean towards uh, in the next years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's uh, interesting. It, it seems like you you're talking what we are doing. I, I mean, my my workplace and so forth, because we just had a webinar yesterday around ITOT fusion security operations centers so <laughs> <laughs> okay but no with their audience we did not talk about that it was it, it's it's the true yes this is this is trendy to say so nowadays and and it's cybersecurity and it leads then or or it drives then the visibility aspects as well i guess Correct? absolutely absolutely exactly and and in fact our company has been decided to invest a lot in this area and we are building because we have a lot of experience in the visibility area mm -hmm. and because we have so many customers in the IT part already mm -hmm. uh, we are bringing now the knowledge from the IT part into the OT part and we are building a specific ruggedized products for the operational environment so these mm -hmm. are packet brokers and taps which can resist to uh, extreme temperatures, for example, or they can resist to extreme humidity. Mm -hmm. And of course, we know that everything that is critical infrastructure in many, many, many cases, it's actually hosted outside. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we are more and more subject, of course, to all these climate changes and, and you know, temperatures mm -hmm. start to, to have quite big variety, uh, mm -hmm. even in continental Europe, uh, mm -hmm. not only uh, in the other uh, continents, let's say. Okay, yeah, um, I, f I fully agree. Actually, when we when we ticked down into the OT, which which topic I really like because I'm originally a mechanical engineer, so it's close to me. So, so going back, so I was looking for visibility components, specifically designed for for shop floors or, as you say, outside devices, external design devices. But I did not find many on the market. So you say that there is a development in there. In there, I guess not just in the ruggedized manner, 
but also maybe maybe in the flexibility because you might have some some smaller segments with limited not so huge bandwidths but they need to have some kind of a, a, a mirroring a physical mirroring to, to say so yes absolutely so so we are we built already we have both copper uh, which is probably uh the most used in the, let's say, external environment and older deployments. And we also have uh, fiber taps. Mm -hmm. And I would say, because you mentioned uh, bringing the traffic from there, uh, configuring a span, it's always a very high bet that people take. And uh, I, I don't know if I'm getting too technical. I'm always very passionate. So I could you know, very easily move into. Let's let's define very... for the audience what what do we mean? Because I I know also as well this territory. And when you say tap, would you tell us what do you mean? Yeah. So a tap is actually a mirror. Uh, to be very in a very simple um, a term. So a tap is a mirror in the fiber world. A tap is actually. Uh, a wire that is broken a little bit so that it leaves to pass a part of the light to continue to pass on the initial cable and mm -hmm. another part of the light to, to continue on the, let's say, broken cable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, <laughs> so, call, we call it the prism. <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so, in fact, this is what it does. A tap does a simple uh, copy of a traffic. So if we want to send a traffic... Um, from um, Brussels to London, and we want to get a copy of it and send it to Paris, uh, we would just place a tap and this tap would copy 100% of the traffic and it will not lose anything. And, you know, the Brussels-London traffic will continue to work the same way it did, but there will be also a copy of the traffic that will go to Paris. Thank you. And the reason we would use such a tap in the network is because we want, let's say, to send uh, this copied traffic, uh, in this case, I mentioned Paris, uh, we want to send it to different tools that can either um, analyze the traffic for security, that can either store the traffic for different type of monitoring or for different type of post analysis or for artificial intelligence analysis. Mm -hmm. So these would be the main reasons for which we would want to have a copy of the traffic. And ideally, if, if we want to know what is happening in our network, we should have a, a copy of all the traffic that goes through the network. Mm -hmm. Now, historically, there were ways of getting such copies on the traffic on the switch or routers by uh, configuring a port in something which is called span mode, uh, which means a port will not be used for switching or for routing anymore, but it will be used for copying traffic. So basically, there will be a port in the switch that will perform the function of a tap. Mm -hmm. um, and while this sounds in a way, you know, easier to deploy because someone can just think, well, you know, I'll just put a switch and I'll configure this. In reality, it's a very big trap because a switch port will be based on the processor of the switch. And if the switch will be very busy with switching, which is what it's designed for, switching a lot of traffic, uh, it then uh, it will also 
start to not pay attention to the copying part and it will start to drop uh, mm -hmm. packets. So it will not copy everything. And then we want to secure something, but we can't see it all of it. So it's going to be a big risk for the security. Thank you. I think it was a very accurate and still very understandable definition how to how to look at these solutions and uh, if we move a bit into into the NATO field so the defense and I need to be cautious about time to be honest uh, do you make a difference between an industrial segment if regardless if it's critical infrastructure like an electricity operator and a defense player so I assume there are also programmable logic controllers and SCADA or SCADA-like networks, but I also presume that they must be more safe, more secure. Uh, so do you make a difference or do you think that um, defense is the same, actually? Well, from our perspective, security is security. And from a visibility perspective... You cannot say that, you know, I have a, a, a better or a, 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 or I can just do it with less visibility. It's like you it's like you would go into, into a diving, um, you know, experience and you would say, oh, you know, if it's a lot of sediment in the water and I can't see anything, it's just as like if the water is crystal clear and I see all the fish. Mm. No, <laughs> it's truly not at all the same Um experience and and when we talk about security if we want to secure something we need to see it all and i was um hearing so it's it's not my comparison uh, somebody was mentioning it in a, a electrical conference and but i like the concept very much um he was saying it's like if you want to protect a castle and then, you know, you, you put soldiers and everything all around the castle everywhere, but you just forget about the back door, right? And you don't protect it there. Well, it's exactly by there where the problem is going to happen. So visibility it has to be total. There is no way to have partial visibility. And therefore, the products that, that work on the visibility level, they are of, of the same from us, from our side. Um, we're building the same products, um, both for defense and for critical infrastructure, as well as for the IT systems, where, again, you know, the, there are different challenges, let's say, in each of the area, but the quality of the product that we give is the same. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, coming back to the, the NATO, uh, potentially because it was a European event, actually, uh, so what do you think, what are the most important aspects of the European collaboration to ensure cybersecurity? Or if you have a mean, yeah, your, opinion, your own opinion formulated around it, not necessarily, <laughs> but if yeah. you are interested in public, uh, then might be. What, what I find very nice uh, in Europe is the fact that there is European Union, which is actually doing an effort to align, and I'm not necessarily talking about NATO right now, yeah, but sure. in general in Europe, we have the European Union that is trying to align the countries. Uh, there is uh, the so-called NIS directive, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, it came out, the NIS number two directive. So these directives are actually 
explaining and trying to make a, a, a unified approach in what comes cybersecurity, mm-hmm. uh, especially for critical infrastructure, but also MOD is included in the critical infrastructure anyways. Mm-hmm. And Sorry, on a comment on that. We had an episode with Thomas Lang, actually, on NIS2. <laughs> okay. So uh, you probably don't need to define it so so deeply, and, and the dear listeners can listen to that episode as well. <laughs> Fantastic. So, okay. So great, I won't great. go into very many details about it, but yeah, this is something that I really like about, uh, about European Union. And then there is, without going into details, but just to formulate my my feelings, Uh, There are these so-called CERTs, which are in uh, Mm -hmm. basically each country, member of the European Union. And and I I got to meet a lot of people that work uh, in these CERTs and and they are um, very serious people. And this organism, they talk to each other and there is a lot of collaboration and this helps a lot. I like this point. Yes, you are right. And, And the regulation or the regulatory is strengthening this kind of activities between Europe and that is one of the main targets, I guess. Yeah. And it's something that I truly like. So, mm-hmm. it, because I think it sets the fundamentals for collaboration and, and you always need a platform. If you want to mm-hmm. collaborate, you need someone to set, to set the scene, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. I really enjoy your thoughts on this, but I'm afraid uh, we are uh, overstretching our, our time tar- target if we want to go further. But I think I can uh, promise the audience that we are going to have another discussion and we we could could go deeper in if you can re- reveal uh, some of your, your innovations you are developing and a bit go deeper into the OT specific area. Could you accept my invitation here live on the, during <laughs> the podcast? Absolutely. I'm, I'm extremely passionate about, um, about our products and about what we are building uh, in my company. And, and I guess the fact that I am with this company for 18 years, it, it must say it all. Because mm-hmm. today in this industry, people change very much. So to stick with the same company for so long, I think it says a lot about the enthusiasm and... Um, you know, the strong belief that I have in our product. So with a lot of pleasure. Very soon, we are going to talk about that. And to conclude, I enjoyed the conversation with you, Roxana, very much. I think uh, you added a lot of lot of new aspects uh, to the NATO Edge conference itself and, and, and several technological considerations. And, and your point on, on, on European cybersecurity is, is as well what I like very much. So I'm grateful that you were with us today. I wish you a nice weekend because it's a Friday when we are talking. Thank you very much. And I'm waiting forward. We're going skiing for the first time this year. So, well, this oh. season. So, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Where are Can you re- re- reveal it? now? You, you cannot not telling it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I'm based in France on the border with Switzerland. And we're going to Sweden, sit in Switzerland in a resort which is called Glacier 3000. Then everyone, let's grab a coffee or a tea. And the weekend, at least on our side, is coming. But um, I enjoyed this conversation with Roxana and let's be with us in the next episode of Cyberpod EU again and take care and be wise. Thank you. <laughs>